This episode of the Behind the Wall podcast is brought to you by Dano's. Dano seasoning is all natural, low sodium, and tastes great on everything. Chicken, beef, fish, pork, pizza, and even Bloody Marys. Get your bottles today at danoseasoning.com and use our code behind the wall at checkout. Two weeks, two winners, two probable playoff drivers. On this week's episode of the Behind the Wall podcast, we break down all the chaos that occurred on the Daytona road course. We talk about the mandatory rain cautions and colleagues' impressive start to the 2021 Cup season. We have another installment of Behind the Roots series with Ryan Matthews out of Virginia and Adams bringing the hot takes for Retweeter Mute. It's the Behind the Wall podcast. Let's roll. Hey, this is Steve Everett, and you're listening to my song, Fake It, available everywhere. Now let's get to the show. This is the Behind the Wall podcast brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. I promise they're not drunk. And welcome back to the Behind the Wall podcast. Thank you, Steve Everett. You know, we had three races this weekend when we we saw it all. Green flags, cautions, rain, new winners. I mean, what what more could you ask for for a uh, NASCAR weekend? Because I honestly, I couldn't name anything. Yeah, two first-time winners in their respected series. Ty Gibbs taking home a checkered flag, uh, racing for his grandfather in his first career Xfinity start in uh, the 54. And uh, Christopher Bell going and winning his first cup race for Joe Gibbs in his uh, 20 reamed Camry. That was a cool race. I didn't know how the Daytona road course would fan out with the new package with a longer race than what we saw in the clash. And, Man, Henry, we talked about it. We owe everybody an apology. We trashed the road course, and uh, it ended up turning out to be a good race. Could it have been saved by timely cautions in all three races? I think so, but that's, I guess, the nature of the racing at that racetrack. Truck race was cool. We got to see a little bit of threat of rain in every single race, and the cup race, just when we thought it was going to rain, the rain cleared up and uh, got the mandatory caution thrown, which we'll touch on that a little later, but Overall, the races were really good, and I wouldn't be mad if we raced at the Daytona Road Course next year. I agree with Josh. I think it was a very good race overall. I didn't have um, as high expectations because I feel like uh, the inaugural race last August wasn't um, wasn't as good as the racing we saw this weekend, but I think there are a variety of factors that had to do with it. A low-down force package at the road courses seems to – uh, be doing very well. Uh, it makes it so, you know, it's easy to pass and um, it makes the cars a little bit faster, um, which is definitely helping out with the excitement. Um, it was a very good weekend. Uh, awesome to see Ty Gibbs get his first win in the National Series start, um, which is really awesome. And he's going to be very impressive to watch. Um, you know, see a lot of talent coming out of Joe Gibbs Racing and not a lot of seats. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the competition goes as they recruit a lot of young drivers, you know, including Christopher Bell. Um, I think, you know, people kind of figure Christopher Bell would get uh, his first one eventually, but I don't think a lot of people expected it to be at the Daytona road course. Uh, I didn't, that's for sure. But uh, he ended up 
driving a heck of a race. He wasn't the best car all weekend, but you know he just made the least amount of mistakes, and um, he's definitely proven his worth, proven that you know uh, he belongs in that ride, and that you know Joe Gibbs didn't make a mistake by kicking out Eric Jones. So I think uh, from that perspective, he's uh, really established himself. Um, and overall, I thought it was a good race weekend. There was one thing I thought was kind of questionable, and that was the timing and decision to call the uh, rain caution. Um, personally, I, the way I see it, and I will disclose I am a Chase Elliott fan, but regardless of who was leading the race at the time, I believe that it was NASCAR trying to manipulate the outcome of the race, not necessarily of who won, but trying to make it a little more exciting by adding in a caution when I really didn't think they needed to fly it. Their track wasn't really wet enough for any team to throw rain tires on. Uh, I don't, you know, it was really just mild pop-up shower. And, you know, I don't think nobody, no team threw rain tires, rain tires on and nobody was going to because it would have made them slower. So, um, I think regardless of who's leading the race, that was a bad call to try and mix up the end of the race, make it more exciting. Yeah. You know, I have to agree with you on that. Um, it sounds weird and all the things that you know people say oh nascar or any organization manipulates any outcome of an event but it was probably a way they were able to sit to i guess quote unquote reevaluate the track and you know bunch them back up together and have another restart that way they're not everyone's not spread out and have an actually exciting finish um but questionable call i do agree with that but it was a it was a very good Weekend of racing, in my opinion. Uh, truck race was interesting. It was definitely the race that had the most uh, rain input there. And, you know, the call of when to go off the rain tires and onto the slicks. And then you throw uh, lower experienced drivers who haven't really run road courses many times and add rain into that. Um, it'll lead to a lot of cautions. And the truck race seemed like every caution was twice or maybe like three times as long as the cautions that lasted in the Xfinity series as well as the cup series. And so it just caused it to be the longest race in the truck series ever. But, um, you know, the Xfinity series talking about Ty Gibbs, it looked like he just absolutely bullied the field. Um, he was just driving around every single driver there. And I feel like he was definitely the best car out there. Um, and so it'll be very interesting to see the future of Joe Gibbs racing throughout the years, who gets the cup rides seats, especially after some of the cup drivers retire eventually, and then who gets to fill them. So uh, that's just what I'm looking at right there. Yeah, I thought, no, I, I didn't see much of the truck race. I saw the ending of it. I saw an okay amount of the Xfinity series, but I watched the whole cup race and I I got I mean I'll say it just because I saw the whole race, but Cup was probably the most exciting race of the weekend. Um, I will apologize uh, to NASCAR. I'm sorry. I uh, I underestimated the power of the road course at Daytona. Uh, Josh and I both. I mean, Josh mentioned it before. I was not a huge fan of it going in. I mean, we we saw the the racing last year in August, I guess. And you know, I just really wasn't looking forward to it. But my opinions changed on it. Great track. Uh, we saw a lot of action, uh, a lot of different leaders, uh, Rex, the turtles were biting back. Uh, we had at one point Kurt Busch sail through the grass and somehow was able to rebound from 29th to finish fourth. 
I mean, what more could you ask for in a race? Now, with the with the rain caution, I'm going to stray away a bit because it's one of those deals where I see it as NASCAR is going to be in a losing proposition either way. You don't throw the caution and you have a front runner, Chase Elliott, or a, a uh, Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin wreck, and then NASCAR goes crazy, or the fans go crazy. Why don't you throw caution? Let them come put rain tires on. You throw the caution – and there wasn't much rain, and now you got everyone upset about that. So it, they're in a lose-lose situation there. They made the smart decision to throw the caution just in case it started raining even harder. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, great race. I've got a question, though, regarding Ty Gibbs for all of y'all. Do you think that his win on Saturday was more of a testament to his driving skill or the equipment that he was in? Uh, it's a really good question, but I think it's a testament to his driving skill. In the ARCA race last year at the Daytona Road Course, he finished second. Then he came out to the Xfinity Series and ended up uh, winning the race, beating Austin Sindrick. The Xfinity Series, I think you'd put best road course racer. Him and A.J. Allmendinger, they ended up wrecking each other. But uh, I think those are the top two guys in there, and Ty Gibbs comes and dethrones the quote-unquote road course king. So I think, yeah, he's in fantastic equipment, but so was Harrison Burton. So was Daniel Hemrick. And uh, so was Austin Cindric, and he went out there and beat all of them. Amazing drive, and he had that pass through the grass, which ultimately won him the race. I think he's going to be a good driver to watch out for, and I hope he doesn't get forced up through the series and rush through too quick because I think he can be some like, great driver here in the future. Yeah, I agree with Josh. Um, that was mostly talent. It doesn't hurt that you know he's in some of the best equipment in the Xfinity Series has to offer. Um, but the fact of the matter was, you know, he beat his teammates, other competitive teams uh, who have experience both in that car and on road courses. You know, this is Ty, this was Ty Gibbs first uh, Xfinity Series start. And, you know, he pretty much owned the field. Um, he drove up through it on restarts. He kept it clean on restarts, kept it clean throughout the track, which is hard to do on a road course. Um, so I think it really shows the amount of skill he actually had to go out and get his first win and his first start on a road course in a new cup in a new series and everything like that. So I would say it was mainly skill. Yeah, I agree with that too. You know, I think it's basically he is just a dang good driver. It does help of the equipment that he was racing in, obviously, that he was able to combine his skill with the equipment that he had and it was just an all around good day for him. And Another thing, too, with him, the pass through the grass, he was in fifth or sixth. And when that happened, I saw the dirt or the dust fly up, and I was like, that man's front bumper is gone. And he got relatively, I think, lucky that his splitter was completely intact. And so if if that would have happened, we would have been seeing a different outcome in the race. But um, you also, I think it was Henry mentioned it, Gibbs ran from the back of the field all the way up through restarts. Cindric, I think, even though he didn't end up winning the race, he was in the lead, got wrecked with A.J. Almdinger, went to the back of the field, didn't even have the right part of his bumper and his splitter, and was still able to make his way back up to the front and lead a lot of the laps. And so he did definitely show... Um, a good testament to his road course skills, but um, very impressed with what Ty Gibbs was able to do. 
Yeah, and, um, you know, on the topic of Ty Gibbs, you know, we we haven't seen him enough. You know, he's still a very young driver, so it's going to be tough to say. But, I mean, I'd, I'd venture to say he could definitely, um, with continued success, be a very good Cup Series driver. And, you know, it seems like Joe Gibbs Racing kind of has a good problem on their hands of having a lot of talent um, but not having a place for everybody. Um, you know, right now they've got three veterans um, and a young guy. They just had to kick Eric Jones out. They've kicked Daniel Suarez out, who are both very good drivers in their own right, just because of the lack of seats. Um, do, you, do you think that you could see Joe Gibbs racing, you know, getting rid of one of their veterans? Who would that be? Um, I mean, personally, I think, you know, some of the older guys, Martin Shrix Jr., even Denny Hamlin, who's uh, 40 now, you know, maybe he goes off and races for his own team, 2311, and opens the door for another young kid to take his spot. But what do you guys think? Do they go with the young guns or stick to their veterans? I think they're going to stick to their veterans, and it's more. So, I think it's more so out of a uh, sign of respect. You look at what Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, and Martin Shrix Jr. have done for Joe Gibbs Racing. So I – they may have an off year like uh, like a uh, Kyle Busch had last year, but I don't see them nudging them out of a ride because they have a driver coming up. I think that they're going to be able to they're going to be allowed to finish on their own terms. And honestly, for at least Hamlin or uh, Truex, I think they win a championship, they'll be done. So I, I don't think it's very long until they retire. But I I know Joe Gibbs, and I know just from listening to him and his philosophy on things. If they're happy with them, they're gonna let them ride. They're, if they're as long as they keep winning, they're gonna they're gonna be there for a bit. So, I think with Ty Gibbs, like uh, I don't know, you know, looking at their the drivers they have coming up, I I would say Ty Gibbs probably has the most or is the most promising. But then again, he's what is he? Eighteen years old. He's he's got a couple of years before he's gonna be ready to go to cop. Because I think the I think the age of pulling drivers up at 18 years old is, is over. I think Joey Logano might have been the last one to get pulled up at that age. So I think they're going to allow Truex, Kyle Busch, or Denny Hamlin to retire and go out on their own terms. And at that point, they'll reassess and figure out who to bring up at that point. You look at every other sport, and the younger generation of players or drivers is like they're the face of the sport. In NFL, you got Patrick Mahomes. He's like the face of the league. NBA, you got Zion Williamson, John Morant, and then in NASCAR, the best guys in your league are Kevin Harvick, who's 40, Denny Hamlin, who's 40, and then Truex, who's 40, Kyle Busch, 35. All those ages are just getting up there, and we need more young people. Young people are more marketable. If you see people go and win, these young guys win. Chase Hillett, him winning the championship was brilliant for the sport, so I think Joe Gibbs Racing, since they have so much talent there, they're going to push the younger guys up there. I think if we see someone step away, it's going to be Denny Hamlin. He, Like you said, he opened his own team with 23-11. He's going to go there if Joe Gibbs kicks him out. But then you got other people climbing up the ladder. You got Chandler Smith in uh, Truck Series. We usually see the KBM ladder move up to JGR. You got John Hunter Nemechek. If he stands out in the Truck Series, moves up to Xfinity, where does everybody go? But then we've seen drivers get bumped from Toyotas and go over to Chevys. Noah Gragson, working through KBM, raced for JGR a couple times, ended up moving to Junior Motorsports. Same thing with William Byron. So 
I think they got like a they have a really good problem, but it could turn into a bad problem if they don't make the right decisions to uh push their younger guys up and uh make more money off them since they're the most marketable. Yeah, I think with that, you know, you look at them, they have a really good problem on their hands. It's really good to say, oh, all of our drivers are really freaking good. But if the drivers see the long game here and they're like, all right, I don't know when these cup rides are going to be available. And I feel like I'm ready if I'm not able to move up to this organization. The J, uh, JGR has been developing these drivers for a really long time and they could jump ship to another organization. And so you look at that and say, we just spent all our time and money developing these drivers and then we won't be able to use them at the top level. And so with that, it's just the kind of, um, kind of weird just to think about that aspect as well. Yeah. I mean, you're going to run into the conundrum regardless. I mean, this is what's happened the past couple of years with Joe Gibbs racing. You've got the next, up and coming star and you want to find a, uh, a seat for him and you end up having to either keep them down in Xfinity for another year or find a way to work it into your lineup, whether it be with uh, Levine family racing furniture row, or uh, I don't even know now who, you know, it's just one of those deals that it just, you have to get there at the right time. You can be the best driver in the world, but if there's not a seat open, there ain't a seat open. You've got 40 spots and who knows how many people trying to get, to one of those spots so I think over time it's gonna it'll it'll make itself more apparent this could this could just be a uh, a fluke who knows I don't think it is a fluke with with Gibbs uh we're, we're gonna have to see more out of him he's gonna have to win a lot of races to even get the shot to book a uh or to buck a uh a Truex or a Denny out of their ride even though I don't think it's gonna happen so we're just gonna have to sit here and wait quite I, I got another question though so we we've seen Two weeks in a row, Colleg Racing, their first two cup starts, both both races have been exceptional. Brand new team. They don't have a charter. They're only running part-time this season. How, ref- is it, how refreshing is it, first of all, to see a team that's running part-time, don't have a charter, to actually go out there and try to have a good finish? Because that's, that's unheard of nowadays. Second of all, with the success this year, do you find it likely that they're going to shoot for a charter next season and to get into the Cup Series? And if they do, who's going to start for them? Do you think it's going to be A.J. Allmendinger or Justin Haley? I think it's going to be Justin Haley. A.J. Allmendinger, I can't think, has shown his cards in Cup. He didn't fare too well. But if they continue to keep all these road courses, A.J. Allmendinger might be the man to man to take that ride. But Justin Haley... He's pretty good on road courses. He's pretty good all around where A.J. Allmendinger seems to struggle on the mile and a half and short tracks. So I think Justin Haley would probably take that ride if they end up getting a charter, moving up to the Cup Series full-time and uh, moving Justin Haley up because I don't know where he'd go. He's kind of stuck at Colleague right now until somebody gives him a call, and I don't really see other people would give him a call except maybe JTG if they ever let Priest go. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. The, it, you know, it seems like the only way is up for college racing. They're getting their feet wet in the Cup Series this year, running a part-time schedule, and I think, um, you know, it only makes sense for them to try and acquire at least one charter, get a full-time team going with either 
you know, Kaz Growler or Justin Haley. I think Haley deserves a ride probably more. Um, he's shown competence both in the Xfinity Series and in the Cup cars, especially at the super speedways. He's a very good super speedway racer. Um, so, you know, I think it would make sense to have him run as well as, you know, uh, Matt Collig has shown that he's not afraid to um, put his skin in the game. And so I could see him doing a full-time Cup uh cup team next year and a part-time uh, cup team for AJ at the same time uh, running road courses and such um, because it seems like AJ still wants uh, to, to participate in road course racing. Um, he already, you know, said, you know, he retired from full-time cup racing a few years ago um, because, you know, he told people that uh, he wasn't enjoying it anymore, but I think he's having a lot of fun doing part-time stuff, especially on the road courses. Yeah, I don't have to agree with you guys. I mean, I think Justin Haley has the edge on AJ. But, you know, if they keep developing the schedule to have more, um, if they even add more road courses, I don't even know if they even could. they get so much backlash on that. But if they somehow did or kept the same number, um, you just have to look at that and look at basically the all-around aspect of how, what driver is going to make me the most successful. And that's probably what they're – evaluating what this part-time season is um, seeing which one would give us a better opportunity to uh, produce a better ride and then give us give them their best shot at the playoffs or a championship down the road I'm gonna have to I, I agree with y'all but I'm gonna have to jump and go from a different viewpoint here we're looking you know th this would be their first time their their first full-time season in the cup series Yes, I think Justin Haley has a slight edge on A.J. Allmendinger for skill and uh, just based on finishes and recent experience. But A.J. Allmendinger also has more experience in the Cup Series. So I think if you're able – I think if they go full-time next year, they'll nab A.J. Allmendinger based on the experience. So first first year in the Cup Series full-time, it'd be nice to have someone to, to help you out with you know, just setups and whatnot. And granted, it's going to be a new car, but I think you just have the Cup Series experience in the seat. I think it'll do them well. However, you know, it could be a one-year deal. I think Justin Haley eventually is going to get up to full-time Cup Series racing with Colling, but I don't know if next year's the year for that. I think they're going to take a year and kind of work on things, figure out, uh, figure it all out because, you know, they're good at super speedways and they're good at road courses. That's what they're running this year. So they're going to have to get their feet wet with mile and halves in the Cup Series. But, you know, once again, we're just going to have to uh, you have to wait and see. But, that I mean, I guess you could classify that as a hot take. I can tell you who's got some hot takes. Adam Thomas, he's got a retweeter mute this week. Adam, why don't you take it away and uh, see if you got some good takes for us. I feel like I do. Um, so let's see, we got retweeter mute. Uh, retweet it if you think it's good, mute it if you hate it, and don't want to talk about it ever again, all right? So, um, number one, first one we got is this season we're going to have more than 13 different winners come playoff time. I that think... sounds like a familiar uh, retweet or mute. Do what? I think, we, I, think I, I think I said the same one last year. Is Adam copying people again? You know, copycat Adam makes a return. Yeah, I just I just scrolled up in my notes from last season, and there it is. Will there be 13 different cup drivers 
to win a race this season. Have you know that I didn't start doing the pod with you until mid-season last season. So I was not here, nor did we didn't start retweet or mute till mid-season. Dude, we put Josh was on not trial a... for much less. Yeah, I get suspended for like cheating and trivia. He's every year stealing I... people's ideas. This is play. Okay, I also want to. I think I think content stealing is one thing, but you cheated on my trivia. That was not cool. <laughs> yeah, my apologies, but we have something more serious right here. We had stealing content. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna say this. I literally read every single one of these to you guys, and you didn't say anything. I wouldn't so... listen. I was I was I was typing stuff. Well, you know, if you would have, so. you know, if you if you would have listened to some more content that we put out, you know, we did a we did a great interview with Pocono Raceway a couple months ago. Great man by the name of Mike Davis was talking about how you know you've got your own little niche, you've got your content, and you know what to do. Niche. You don't want to go taking someone else's content. Wow, this is not technically taking content. You did take a retweet or mute. Number two. I'll go ahead and answer the first one. I think that I think there, I think we'll see uh, less than uh, less than thirteen winners this year. We've def- this is definitely an anomaly. Two brand new winners. I think they'll at least Christopher Bell might win a couple more this season. But got to mute it. I don't think we're gonna have more than thirteen. I'm gonna retweet. You're gonna have all four Hendrick cars find victory lane, and then right there you got six winners. Then you got to find seven more throughout the rest of the field. I don't think you'll have a problem getting to thirteen different winners. I'm also going to retweet, I think, at this rate with uh, two new winners in uh, t- the first two races of the season, as long as well as a diversity of tracks this year, adding road courses, dirt events and such. I think it'll be uh, well over 13 winners. In fact, I could even make a mini hot take here and say that we'll actually have more than 16 winners, meaning uh, it's going to be interesting in the playoffs and who gets in and who get- who's out. Wow, that's that spicy. Is hot. That's hot. Um, yeah, okay, so let's see if I don't get reamed for this one. All right, number two, we should keep seven road courses for next season. Mute. Mute. I think, you know, Daytona road course. Changed my mind. I'm all for it now. That's fine. Take take Road America and replace it with uh, with Daytona road course. You know, I don't I don't think we need these massive road courses to put on exciting racing. I think we have, I don't, I, you know, honestly, I don't think they listened to the fans very well when the fans were screaming more short tracks, more road courses. They said, all right, heard, uh, we heard you. Here's more road courses. You, granted, we're getting an uh, auto auto club short track in a couple of years, but I think they need to, they need to go find another short track to race at. So I got to mute that. I think they're going to get back to the roots a little bit more next year and there'll be uh, one less. One or two, yeah, I'd say because technically we're at six, then we had to add the Daytona road course. But I'm going to say six next year, so big old mute. Yep, I'm with him. Uh, Big old mute on that. I think there's plenty of good road courses out there, but there's even more good short tracks out there, local tracks you could go to, put on a show with NASCAR Cup Series. And uh, I don't know, road courses are cool and all, but seven after having, what, three the past couple years is a very big shift and uh i'm not a fan of it i know a lot of people weren't fans of it but i do know a lot of people would be fans of more short tracks and i'm a fan of that you know personally i think i'm gonna have to wait until we see how these new ones perform although i think i already have an idea how that's gonna go 
Um, so I'm going to hold my verdict off for now, but I don't disagree with you guys. I think big road courses like Road America aren't designed for stock cars and that type of racing. I think fans are going to be pretty displeased at the quality of racing, um, but we'll just have to see. I agree with you. I think the fans want short tracks and NASCAR delivered road courses, which you know, has kind of been the history of the organization within the past 20 years is not listening to the core fan base. I think the only way they could save it and make the road courses more interesting is if they find a way to introduce local cautions because you get to Road America and you have a spin on turn three, all of a sudden you've got a 20-minute caution. Like, it's, it's, it is absolutely atrocious the amount of time that gets spent under, under caution conditions. It should be two laps at most, but we'll – have to wait and see if it is a full course caution, which it probably will be all season. All right. Number three, Hendrick Motorsports will end up with the most wins as a team at the end of the season. Crunching numbers right now. I'll go first. No, you got it. I'll go first. I'll actually mute this one. Um, Hendrick Motorsports is pretty was looking really promising um, this year, but I haven't seen enough yet, and I know we're only two races in, but to me, already off the bat, it seems like Joe Gibbs Racing is very dominant already, which is no surprise to anybody, um, and I think we'll continue to see that. Like I said, it's only two races in. I could be completely wrong. Hendrick has shown promise too, but it seems like a lot of their drivers haven't been able to finish the deal We've seen a lot of mistakes made, some on their part, some not on their part, just bad luck. But, you know, we've only gone through the Daytona 500, a super speedway on the road course, some of the most chaotic races ever. So I think it's kind of too early to call, but I'll mute that one for now. Josh? I was wondering if you were still crunching numbers, but I'm going to I'm a slow number cruncher. It's taking me time. I'm have to think about it. <laughs> I'm going to retweet. I think Chase Elliott's going to win a couple of these. He would have won this week if it wasn't for a uh, untimely caution and a uh, incident between Denny Hamlin and Brad Kozowski. But you know he's bound to win one or two of these road course races. And I said it earlier, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, William Byron, they're all going to find victory lane at some time this season. So I think with all those wins coming in, and we're, if I said we're going to get more than 13 winners, I think there's going to be Hendrick Motorsports with the most wins this season. You know, as much as I want to say retweet, I've got to say mute. Now, I ran some numbers here. I was crunching numbers, a couple math equations, no big deal, math genius. Uh, y equals MC squared, by the way. Don't know if you knew that. Yeah, good. Uh, couple coefficients, throw them out, you know, math terms. I know what's going on. Uh, no, there's, I don't think there's any way you could match what Joe Gibbs Racing is about to do this season. They're going to put a hurt on the field and whether that translates to a championship, we'll have to find out. But, you know, I see Chase Elliott, five, six wins, Kyle Larson, especially after the way he started the season, I could eat two, three wins for Kyle Larson. Going to have to see more out of Bowman and uh, Byron though. Granted, it was a super speedway race, which a lot of people wrecked out. Then you go to the road course where they were quiet the entire day. You really didn't hear much from them, but you look at the other side of that, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, they were, they were hauling the entire day, and they got caught caught up in uh, the same turn, actually. But uh, yeah, I've, I've got to I've got to mute that one. So based off whatever you, what you guys said, number five will be interesting. 
Um, but we got one more before that. Number four right here, a non-chartered team will win a cup race in the regular season and make it into the playoffs. I'm going to have to mute that. You look at the quality of non-chartered teams that could make the playoffs, there, there just ain't much there. You got Ryan Priest. That's about it. Will I mean, can Ryan Priest win a race? Yes. Will he? I don't think so. I don't think I, you know, you just I don't see enough out of JTG to feel confident in saying that they will find a way into the playoffs. They might they may find a way to point their way in, but the the sure way to do it is to is to find a way to win. So mute for that one. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Mute Ryan Priest isn't gonna win a race and JTG can't win a race. Um it's tough because I feel like a non chartered team will definitely could definitely have a chance of winning um, when you look at all the non-charter teams entering super speedway races or even like you talked about earlier colleague running road courses or super speedways problem is getting a win doesn't mean you get in the playoffs and you know you have to i think you have to finish top 30 in points too which for an unchartered team some of them don't run full-time schedules so we saw that with justin haley a couple years ago i just don't think it's going to happen definitely priest has the best shot and he's he's shown promise after two races this year but can he can he keep it up does he have the momentum i don't i don't think so i'd love to see it i like priest but i don't think it's gonna happen yeah me well, let's too. go oh ooh. go ahead go ahead adam i got one more oh shoot yeah no this is this is this is the big one here truex and elliot will only win three total road crate road courses between the two this season You know, screw it. I'm gonna say mute. Keep the mute streak going. Uh, I think we we saw we saw a fluke. Oh, first of all, hold up, hold up, hold up. What did I steal that I, one I, too? I, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold up, hold up. I just realized this. I, this might be the first time in behind the wall history. My hot take paid off last week. My hot take was correct. I said Trex. And Elliot would have issues at some point. They would not win the race. Neither of them. How do you remember really that? I can't even remember, remember my hot take from last week. That is, oh my goodness. I need a trophy. Who's got a, who's got a trophy for me? That's awesome. I'll give you a brownie. I, no, I was, I would, no, I don't want any of your brownies. I saw what happened to you last night. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think this weekend definitely was a fluke. Uh, I, as much as I want to say, that I knew this was going to happen and I didn't pull it out of my butt within two minutes of doing hot takes last week. I would, but I, I mean, I, it was a total shot in the dark. It was a fluke. I think that they're going to, they're going to be the dominant force on road courses this year. Will the two of them win them all? I don't know, especially after this past weekend, we see more players, Kyle Larson, Chris Bell, but I think that, I think they're going to, I think they're going to, I, I, you know, I forgot. I'm, I'm too hung up on my hot take coming out. Let's go. I hate doing this, but I'm gonna have to agree with Henry once again. I, uh, I think, like he said, it was a fluke. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Chase Elliott are definitely gonna win more than three. What we're through one of them, so we got six more, and that's two of the best road course drivers in NASCAR. Uh, going after it. The only way I can see someone stealing in there is maybe a. Brad Keselowski, Chase Briscoe, once he gets used to a cup car, or Denny Hamlin. But I think we're still going to see Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott up front. I'll go ahead and dissent here. I'm going to retweet 
I still think Chase Sally and Martin Truex will each probably get a road course win this season. Um, however, there's so many other good racers out there. You know, what Chase Elliott did and what, you know, Truex's dominance on road courses recently has been really impressive, but there's a lot of other good road racers out there. We can't forget about Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Kurt Busch, um, Brad Keselowski, even Joey Logano. They're all pretty proficient road course racers. You always see them up there in the top 10. Um, they're bound to get a win if, if they keep a clean race and mistake-free. Joey Logano nearly had one, too, and Denny Hamlin was up there all race, so... I think I'm going to retweet that one. That's all I got. Just had to, just had to be different, huh? Well, I mean, uh, why not? You know, spice things up a little bit. I don't I don't like agreeing with uh, Henry when I get a chance to. So We can That's both fair. agree that I am the superior racer at Thunderbolt. I have a video to prove it. You did call me your dad and that I was a better racer. I can pull it up anytime. <laughs> Oh Jay's, Jay, Jay had a little Jay had a higher voice at that point too. That's what makes it even funnier. All right, well, I do I do have some breaking news. Sound the alarm. We have a brand new suspension. Just came out. <laughs> Chip Ganassi, one race suspension. What? Yeah. He broke COVID protocol. He brought a uh uh non-essential person to the track who I don't know who it was, but he got fined thirty thousand dollars and is suspended for one single re- so one one week. Uh, so now, uh, now Chip Ganassi and Josh have something in common. I was laughing. Ooh. I was chuckling to myself because when you said we have a new suspension, I thought you were going to say Adam. Yeah, I thought I was gone. I should, was we, leave. should we suspend Adam? Yeah. No shot. All right, Adam, you're you're Let's suspended. Nope. We need a trial. No, no. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, because that was that was just genius right there to have a trial. I think we need to find some other form of punishment. I think it's we not, need uh, to do a punishment. Let's make him take the SAT. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm so down for that, Adam. Do you want to do you want to take the SAT or uh, run a 5K? I'd rather run a 5K. All right. Can Adam make it through Let's, a 5K? Hell yeah! I'm not sure he can. We'll, we'll put him on. We'll put him on Periscope, and he's got to run a five k. <laughs> at a at an at a what's what should the speed? It's got to be a constant speed. Seven seven. What? What do we think? A seven seven miles per hour. Yeah, seven six constant somewhere speed. around there. Yeah, he's, Where he's not. He's not player, So he should be used to that. Yeah. Okay. You have to. You have to. You have to do a five k, but in a long snapping position. That's fine. I'll bunny hop the entire thing. And his helmet on. <laughs> Helmet pads, yeah, the whole the whole nine. Oh yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to periscope that one. But yeah, hey, as long Chip as you Ganassi pay for the entropy. Nah, we'll just do it on a treadmill. We'll That's call it the right. behind the wall five k to benefit Adam. Who one knows? Entry. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this week's interview. We uh we had driver Ryan Matthews out of Virginia. It's uh our second installment of the Behind the Root series. It's just at, uh, just Josh this week. Let's go and get to it. All right, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Roots, a uh, 
brand new series we're going to be doing on our YouTube channel where we interview Grassroots Racer. Today I got Ryan Matthews, a young guy who races around Richmond area. I went to school with him. So, uh, yeah, Ryan, introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Ryan Matthews. Um, I started racing at five years old and uh, I started in the go-karts. And then at the age of 15, I made the move up to legend cars. And we had a successful few years in that. Uh, we picked up a bunch of wins in um, 2019 and 2020. So that was pretty awesome. And, um, you know, now we're moving up once more to, uh, to the late model class. So, um, you know, grassroots racing is, you know, is where like the real racing's at, you know, a lot of the bigger cup stuff is all, you know, that's, that's not, that's not the truest racing you can get. So, you know, um, the grassroots racing is definitely where it's at. Grassroots racing is definitely where it's at. I always enjoyed going to Southside Speedway for races. Sucks that they got shut down. Wanted to make my way up to Dominion, South Boston, Langley, and all them. I know you do a bunch of racing around, uh, like, Langley, Dominion. And then you've also made your way down to the Charlotte's Legend Oval. What's it like racing at Charlotte in front of the big stands and such a big event they have going on in the summer? Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Um, you know, first time – we didn't really know what to expect going down there. And, um, you know, we're not with a team or anything. We just do it by ourselves. So, um, you know, I, I took, I went and uh, made a few laps on iRacing just to kind of get the hang of it and, you know, get a feel for the track. And, you know, going down there, the travel was awesome. It was like four and a half hours long. But, um, you know, we went by a lot of NASCAR teams. And then, you know, once we got to the track, uh, like I said, I'd never been there before. I didn't have anybody to go off of. Um, so, you know, it was definitely a learning curve, but, um, we actually won our first race down there and it was in the rain also. So that was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, when you see the NASCAR races on TV there, the, the track looks, I guess you could say, I mean, it looks big on TV, but when you get there in person, it's so much, the track's so much bigger and, um, they just, going down the front straightaway obviously you know we get down the front straightaway and then we go down the pit road um as the legends the legends oval so uh you know it was pretty awesome yeah i've tried racing that legends oval on i race and never found much luck on it it's definitely pretty tough but you mentioned i race and you're sitting in front of your wheel right now how has you seen like i racing transfer over to the real life legends and late models yeah, you know, I think it's a good a good good tool for really any of the real life classes. I mean, it's it's pretty realistic and it's only going to get better in the future. Um, you know, I definitely I definitely think that um you know, as the years go on, it's it's going to get way better and it's people are going to a lot more people are going to use it as a tool to practice and prepare for races and um you know, I think it. I think it's going to be like the next big thing. I think iRacing is going to be the next big thing. So, um, you know, not not in the next five years, but maybe like 15, 20 years down the road, I think it's going to be like the next uh, NASCAR level. So, um, you know, it's pretty interesting, um, you know, how the technology works and all that. But, um, you know, like you said, um, I use it. I play on it every day. You know, it's just so much fun for me. And um, you know, it's, it, def it definitely helps me out um, during the off season to kind of stay fresh with, um, with my, 
um, moves and all that and just uh, get prepared for the next racing season to come. Yeah, that's really all people had to rely on this offseason. They had the Pro Invitational on the high up NASCAR levels and a bunch of people started leagues. You're telling me you started your own league doing pretty much everything. So explain on that. Yeah, we. I, I started a league with uh, another one of my buddies from Langley and um, we ran at Langley Speedway with um, a bunch of different cars. We ran the uh, the Legends, the Street Stocks, the Late Models and the Modifieds, um, all weekly classes that they run there in real life. So um, we did a, a 10 or 12 week season. I can't quite remember. Um, so that was pretty interesting. And we had a bunch of guys from Langley that race there in real life. Uh, excuse that, but uh, race in the league. And um, so that was pretty cool just to get, get to race with them since we couldn't race in real life due to um, COVID, obviously. But um, besides that, I started up uh, a short track team with one of my friends that I met off, off of iRacing um, that actually turned into one of my really good friends in real life. His name is Justin LaDuke. So we started up a team on iRacing and it's definitely progressed over the year or so. And, um, you know, a lot of people consider us one of the top or better short track teams on the service. So that's, that's pretty amazing. And, um, you know, just looking forward to uh, what iRacing has for the future. So let's back, uh, hop back on the real racing track. So you're making the switch from legends to late models this year. What are you most looking forward to in that switch? Yeah, um, you know, just getting the exposure. I think I think legend cars get a lot of exposure, but I think late models just get that much more. And, um, you know, if I can just get my name out there a little bit more with the late models, I think that's the main goal. And, um, you know, we've tested a little bit over the off season and they're two completely different cars to drive. And so it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, you know, now that I've gotten to drive a late model, I don't really want to go back to a legend car, but, um, you know, they're both, they're both really fun to drive. But I think the main thing going to late models is just getting that little bit, um, more exposure to the, uh, to the rest of the racing world and, you know, hopefully get, get a better opportunity to, uh, move up and racing or, or something along those lines. So what's your favorite track around like central Virginia to go race at? You got a lot to choose from, from around here. Yeah, I think I'd have to say my favorite from Virginia. Um, you know, obviously Southside's a really short, a uh, really good short track. Um, but it, it's, I haven't had the best luck. So I think just, just that probably that that's probably not one of my favorites, but I have to go with Langley. Um, you know, we won the championship there in 2019 and won a bunch of races last year. So, um, you know, it's really, it's a really driver's track, you know, it's, you can have the best car out there, but if you don't know how to get around there, then you're not going to be up front. So, um, and just all the history that that's happened there, you know, that's gotta be my favorite. All right. Go back to racing with people. What's like the biggest name driver. I know a bunch of like big time NASCAR guys come down and race legends, especially in like the summer shootout down in Charlotte. What's like the biggest name guy that you've raced with? Um, it's hard to say. I, I can't remember quite everyone I've raced against with, um, 
I know Bubba Wallace was there during the shootout, Racing Legends. Um, and there's been a few uh, K&N. I've raced against Mason Diaz. He's a Xfinity. He's actually going to be driving Xfinity this year, so um, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, there's there's a few more K&N ARCA guys out there that uh, truck guys that I've raced against. Uh, but I think definitely seeing Bubba Wallace get back in a legend car. You know, he's a really huge name, and obviously Mason Diaz as well. Gotcha. That's awesome. So let's look into the future. Where do you see the future of grassroots racing going? Um, definitely. I, I think it's it it's kind of hard to say, but you know, with the it's just getting way too expensive. And I'm not trying to talk down about it, but uh, you know, it, the costs are getting expensive, and it's just getting getting overpriced, and it's definitely killing the sport. Um, you know, if you look at the the, I guess you could say, charts over the last few years, you can definitely see the car counts have dropped out, dropped down a bunch. And, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but um, it's going to, it's going to slowly die out. And like I said earlier, I think it's going to turn more into, uh, to racing as like the main, like starting your racing career and all that. I think that's, I think that's where it's going to head towards in the next 20 or so years. Yeah, some of the grassroots racing is the best race, and short track racing on a weekly basis is nothing compared, is everything compared to the Cup Series racing. Sometimes it's a lot better than the Cup Series racing, but you're making a name for yourself. You're out there winning races, winning championships, so keep it up and hope to see you in the Cup Series in a couple of years. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on here, and you know, I wish you and uh, the other guy, the best of luck with this podcast. All right. And that was our interview with driver Ryan Matthews. Good interview. Sorry I could not make it. And also apologize that Adam and Jay couldn't make it. Jay is like 0 for 20 on interviews. Something's going on. Pick it up. Let's I'm, go ahead and jump into hot takes. Oh, go, go ahead. I regret missing our uh, one of our most recent ones. Uh, the um, Brian oh, Newdorf. Um, I follow him. I've been following him for a while for his forecast, and I really regret uh, missing that, that one. So, sorry, that Brian. That was electric. We need, we need to have him again. Let's go ahead and jump into hot takes and uh, dark horses for Homestead. Start with uh, Mr. 5K, Adam. What you got for us this week? All right. I'm going to roll with a hot take of all the JGR cars will DNF um, at Homestead. Goodness. Yeah, I know. It's spicy. Just literally popped in my head. I was like, let's just roll with it. And Dark Horse, Henry's going to hate me again. I love doing this. Kurt Busch. Dude, would you chill? He's not even a dark horse at this point. Yes, he is. He said, I, I'd say, I, I, I won't even get to pick him, but thanks for picking him. I, I, no I won't say he's a dark horse. I see him as a dark horse at Homestead. Thank you. He's run well at Homestead. Yeah. All right. Jay, what you got for us? All right. Um, I think I think Adam's hot take wasn't bad. It was actually pretty hot, but it was just kind of bizarre because – I don't see it happening at all. Um, 
Exactly. I've got a pretty good one for this week. Um, two back-to-back first-time winners to open up the season. And like I said before in that other hot take I had, I think we're going to have more than 16 winners. So why not another first-time winner? I think this would be the perfect opportunity for Tyler Reddick to get his first win. Um, he's shown really good speed at this track. He's been strong here uh, when we ran here last year. RCR has stepped up in the speed department. I don't see why he can't win this race. I think the only thing he can do is beat himself, really. Um, I think that I would not be surprised at all, honestly. I know a lot of people would, but I wouldn't be surprised personally if he won this race or at the very least performed very well. So that's going to be my hot take. Um, Dark horse for this weekend, I'll go with uh, Kyle Larson. Um, You know, he's shown really good speed at Homestead. Never won, and that's because mainly I think – you know, Homestead was the site of the championship weekend, and he didn't want to interfere with how the championship played out. But now that it's a regular season race, I think he's just going to be going all out. You know, we got a 3.30 start time, so expect to the race to finish under the lights um, and expect to see him running the wall when, it does, when the sun does go down. And I think he'll uh, get his first win with Hendrick Motorsports very early by notching a win. The Larson line is back. I'm excited for that. The Larson line is back. I'm pumped to see that. But uh, my hot take for this week, I was thinking something along the lines of what uh, what Adam had, but not DNFing. I was saying all JGR cars would finish inside the top 10. Christopher Bell is going to be hot coming off his win. Denny Hamlin won there last year. Kyle Busch, he's going to come back. And then Truex, so good at the mile and a half. So I say all the JGR cars finish inside the top 10. But my dark horse is going to be Eric Almarola. Finished fifth there last year. Stuart Austin Racing is pretty strong in the mile and a half. Got a bunch of wins last year on them. I think Eric Almarola is going to come out, have a good day. Wouldn't be surprised if he ended up winning. Not bad, not bad. I'm going to go ahead and start with my dark horse because I know I'm just going to piss off NASCAR Nation with my hot take. Sorry ahead of time. Uh... Dark horse for this weekend, Ryan Priest. He's got momentum. Seventh in the standings right now. He knows that the best way to get in is notch the win. Do I think he's going to win? I don't know. I don't think so. But I think he's going to have a great run. Hot take. Um, you guys ready? Do you guys believe in redemption? No. Uh, Depends uh, Yeah, not you. Well, you no. know. So, I'm... I'm, I'm going to take the title as a hot hot take champ after last weekend. Uh, Shot in the dark, won it. Uh, I'm going to go two for two this week. Florida, racing in Florida. Once again, third week in a row. What happens in Florida? Usually in the afternoon. Henry, no. No. Stop. Henry, you should have learned your lesson after last year. I'm going to mute you. Literally. That's what no, I'm saying. Not retweet. That's, that's why mute. I'm saying redemption. There will not be any rain this weekend for the cup race. This rain delay is going to be longer than Texas. You know, if I'm wrong, I will uh, make amends with NASCAR Nation, but I'm on a high right now. I'm a hot take champ. I'm going to go ahead and say it. No rain this weekend for the cup race. I'm not saying saying Xfinity just for cup. Well, looking Uh, at the forecast right now, it does say sunny and 81 and 82 all weekend. So you're Henry in the clear effect. right now, but as soon as I see rain pop up on this forecast, you're getting called out. 
It's the Henry effect. I mean, two minutes ago, I said it was going to rain. I said it wasn't going to rain. It ain't going to rain anymore. You're welcome. NASCAR Nation, you're welcome. I'm going to have to consult right, well, with Brian Newdorf on this one. Uh, but, you know, I, I hope you're right, Henry. But something about last year right now. doesn't tell me you're going to be right. Uh, well, I hope I hope I am right because I'm going to look like an absolute fool once again if it rains on Sunday. And I, if it does, I apologize. Sorry about it. Uh, I just I just need a hot take that's gonna hit once again to prove my uh, prove my power. But uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Absolute blast. Uh, we're gonna be recapping Homestead next week, but you know we're gonna be doing stuff in between. Then got behind the wager coming out Friday. Tune into that. We've got a uh, brand new DraftKings lineup or uh, DraftKings pool. I don't know how what you I don't know how you call or what you call it. Uh, we got it. An absolute blast this past weekend. Only three bucks. Uh, came down to the very end. So try your luck. Maybe you'll win some money. Uh, but make sure you tune into that. Follow us on social media. Check out our website. Got a lot of blogs, whatnot. But uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.